Hello friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. Today is episode 54, and in today's episode, I was able to interview my own personal acupuncturist, Sarah Prater. Sarah is a reproductive acupuncturist that specializes in infertility, and she is so knowledgeable and helpful. She's been a huge part of my own journey with infertility and endometriosis, and I asked her if she would be willing to come on the podcast in just share all those details about what acupuncture is like, how it affects fertility, what a typical visit with her may look like, just a lot of those common questions that I often get about what reproductive acupuncture is like and how it actually helps. So if you've ever thought about getting acupuncture or you're going through infertility and you are curious about how that might help you in your own journey, today's episode is going to answer a lot of those questions for you. Also, if you have friends or family that are going through infertility and maybe are looking for something to help them along their journey, this would be the perfect episode to share with them as well. So I know you guys are going to learn a lot from her. Let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Sarah. Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Forward Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Sarah Prater back to the show today. Sarah is a reproductive acupuncturist specializing in infertility. She founded and practices at the Tennessee Center for Reproductive Acupuncture here in Knoxville. And she's just an amazing resource for people navigating their infertility journeys. Sarah, thank you so much for being back on the podcast today. We're so happy to have you back. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's always a, a good time and, you know, love to talk about infertility. I mean, it's it's my world, so it's, it's good. Yes. Sarah was on a previous episode. If you go back and search for an episode about acupuncture for endometriosis, she talked a lot about um, generally acupuncture and then it specifically how it helps with endometriosis. So you can go back and listen to that if that's something that you're interested in. But today we're going to talk more about acupuncture as it relates to infertility. Um, that is, as I said, something that Sarah specializes in. So before we kind of get into that, Sarah, um, for people who either haven't listened to that previous episode or who may be unfamiliar with acupuncture, can you explain a little bit about what it is? Sure. So I think, you know, everybody kind of has a basic understanding that it involves using needles placed in different parts of the body to sort of affect some kind of change, um, whether that's mm -hmm. treating pain or infertility. Um, what people might not know is that it has over a 5,000 year history, which is pretty interesting. So, you know, um, the ancient Chinese used it um, as their basic form of medicine. Um, they actually still have hospitals that practice just traditional Chinese medicine with acupuncture and herbs and things like that. So it's wow. has a long, long history. Um, and then obviously it's been modernized over the years. There's been lots of research done. Um, it's used in the VA. It's used, uh, Medicare is now covering it. So it's really, you know, getting a lot more traction as people are realizing how effective it is and how little side effects it has. So um, it's, it's definitely a wonderful modality. Um, not something anyone should be scared of. It's not painful. 
Um, it's totally safe as long as you're getting it from somebody who is well-trained. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's a great thing for so many things, including infertility, obviously, but, you know, a lot of other things as well. Right, right. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about how does it specifically affect fertility? Like what are the benefits of that? Sure. So there's, there's a lot of different benefits. So, you know, in fertility, obviously the goal is to have a healthy baby, um, you know, and everybody has their own challenges within that. And so, you know, in our practice, we work with everybody individually to kind of come up with a plan that works for them and something that makes sense, but kind of an overview or a bird's eye view of just the, the basic functions of acupuncture, probably the one, um, that I think is maybe most important is improving blood flow and circulation to the whole reproductive system. So, um, there was actually a really interesting research study that showed that better blood flow um, was associated with higher rates of pregnancy and live birth, because uh, obviously just getting pregnant is, is only part of the battle. Um, right. That take-home baby, quote-unquote, is sort of the, uh, the end goal. Um, so people that had better blood flow, better circulation, had higher rates of live birth. Um, in acupuncture and an IVF cycle. So obviously, you know, if there's better blood flow in an IVF cycle or a natural cycle or whatever, um, that same thing would likely hold true. So that's something we take pretty seriously. The whole cycle is that blood flow piece, um, that can actually be measured, um, with an ultrasound on the uterine arteries, which is pretty cool. So it's something that's definitely measured and tracked, um, and pretty interesting. Um, acupuncture can also regulate hormones. So that's something that, you know, generally takes place over the course of three to six cycles of treatment. Um, so it's not something that's immediate, but, um, it, it's maybe most obvious in someone who isn't ovulating and they, you know, will start ovulating again. Uh, women with PCOS will find their hormone profiles normalize a little bit. So testosterone levels come down, um, insulin levels come down, um, you know, LH levels normalize, etc. So there's a lot of different things that, that will happen over time. Um, reduces inflammation, which is obviously important um, in endometriosis. So that's, that's something from that last mm-hmm. podcast. Um, and then stress is probably the third piece. So it's, it's not to say that stress is the reason you're getting pregnant. I think a lot of women blame themselves. Um, you know, you have a bad day at work and you're like, oh, that just ruined the cycle. I'm not going to get pregnant. And that's <laughs> definitely not true. Um, right. Stress management is obviously very important and we can go way more into depth if we need to on that. But fertility can be sort of a long process. There's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of diagnosis. Um, and so anything we could do to sort of keep that stress level in check just keeps you feeling good the whole time. Um, and for most people, they get pregnant eventually, meaning, once they find the right treatment, the right medication that works for them, the right diagnosis, and you know that can all just take time. So if your stress levels are good, you're more likely to continue treatment. If you're more likely to continue treatment, you're more likely to get pregnant. So we kind of see that in more of a holistic kind of view. Um, and you should also not necessarily lose sight of who you are as a person during a fertility journey. So you know that obviously involves stress management as well. So you know it's important to stay in touch with your career and your hobbies and your friends and your husband, you know, outside of the fertility world, um, work with all that as well. Yeah. I think those pieces are so important. I think a lot of people don't fully understand, you know, it's kind of like you said in the beginning, they have an idea of acupuncture, like involving needles, or maybe it's something people do for pain, but I don't think a lot of people think of acupuncture outside of that. Um, and so thinking about the fact that it can help not only with like the um, biological functions of, you know, the hormone levels and moving the blood and making sure that blood flow is good. Like the stress management piece is a big deal. Like I remember 
my first treatment, I was so shocked at how relaxed I was. Like I, you know, fully anticipated it to not be super comfortable and goodness, I mean, I fell asleep in multiple acupuncture sessions. (laughs) And so I think that's surprising. (laughs) Yeah, that's my favorite is that first one for somebody who's never had it, you know, um, because it is so shocking. Like, wow, I, I did relax. Um, I had a new patient just this week who was a nurse and who's so comfortable with needles and used to it. And she was just shocked. She's like, wow, I, I was kind of out for a while. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's really wonderful, isn't it? So it's, it's kind of surprising. Um, but it's, you know, most people say it's more relaxing than a massage, which is nice. And, you know, some people don't like massages. And so this is kind of a nice way to get that effect as well. Um, Right. Yes. And you kind of get a little more, um, I would say like hands off time with acupuncture than you do with a massage. Like, you know, it's not, you're not being necessarily touched the entire time. So it's a little more relaxing from that, um, side of things, um, at least in my experience. So, yeah. So you mentioned when you were talking about, um, it could take three to six, um, cycles with acupuncture. So can you talk a little bit about what you mean? Like when you say a cycle with acupuncture, how does that look? Does that only apply for people doing IVF or like how, who all can do this? What different types of infertility journeys does this help? Can you just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So that's, it's a pretty complex question, you know, because we really try to work out a treatment for each person and everybody's on such a different journey. Um, But we do have some basic sort of protocols that we follow um, for most people. So, you know, when I say cycle, you know, in terms of hormone regulation, generally in that case, we're talking about more of a natural cycle. Somebody who's just trying alone with acupuncture wants Mm -hmm. to use more of a natural approach. Um, And typically for a natural cycle, um, we'd see people about three times a cycle. So we try to time those with each phase of the cycle, meaning the follicular phase, ovulation, and the luteal phase, mm-hmm. um, to sort of support those three main parts of the cycle. So obviously during the follicular phase, your eggs are developing, and that's really the foundation of a good solid cycle. So we try to improve blood flow and support that process. Um, we try to encourage ovulation and start building the lining of the uterus, um, and then obviously supporting implantation and that early, early pregnancy um, and so usually that's kind of how a natural cycle would look. We may or may not use Chinese herbs depending on, you know, the particular patient situation. Um, but sometimes that can be helpful as well. Uh, but in terms of like somebody doing fertility treatments, um, it's a pretty similar recommendation for someone doing a medicated cycle or even an IUI where we're seeing you about three times a cycle. Um, with an IUI cycle, we just get to time it a little bit more closely with the IUI. So we have a little bit more feedback throughout the cycle, which can be helpful. And then for an IVF cycle, you know, it, it really depends on the type of cycle. So um, for some types of IVF, like a retrieval cycle, where we're actually removing the eggs that cycle um, or transfer later on after genetic testing or just recovery in general, um, we really prefer to see somebody one to three months before that starts. Um, towards the three-month side, definitely if there's any egg reserve issues or um, embryo quality issues, um, to really try to affect that you know, follicular function for that cycle. So yeah. And then, um, for an IVF like transfer cycle, usually it's about a month out from the cycle that we start seeing somebody. Um, and then those treatments for an IVF are are timed more around when you start medications and when you're having procedures rather than, you know, the follicular phase or ovulation, that kind of thing, because everything is so sort of artificially manipulated. So that's, that's kind of the basic overview, but you know, again, we work with people through all phases of things. So I've worked with women just 
you know, working on getting ready to conceive, um, which is something I wish a lot more people did, you know, think Mm -hmm. about, you know, getting healthy before baby. Um, So we work with couples that do that kind of all across the board. So. Right. Okay. So all the way from preconception, all the way through, and then once someone actually becomes pregnant, they can continue treatment as well. Yeah, absolutely. We actually recommend acupuncture weekly through the first trimester, um, Mm -hmm. both to just support the pregnancy, um, help reduce nausea, help support your energy levels. Usually you're pretty tired um, and kind of help with the emotions because an infertility journey, once you get pregnant, um, you know, it it can be a whole nother level of stress in some (laughs) ways, um, especially if you've had prior miscarriages where you're you know, waiting for each blood test and you're waiting for each ultrasound, right. um, it can be kind of an anxious time and you don't really feel much and symptoms can come and go. So it's, it can be a tough time and, and that support is really right. helpful. So yeah, it's, it's definitely safe to do, you know, again, as long as you're getting treatment from somebody who is qualified. Um, but yeah, we treat all through pregnancy, do, you know, birth support later on to help women get ready for birth and treat pain and all kinds of things throughout pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really the whole, yeah. the whole process. Yeah. I remember when, um, after I got pregnant and I, I continued to see you all the way through my pregnancy and two, I think two of the things that I just, I've told so many of my friends about is like, I really do feel like it helped so much with the nausea. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was definitely still not feeling amazing, but it, I could tell such a significant difference. Um, after I would have treatment. And I, I think mine was just way more mild because I was doing that. And then, um, you know, like you said about just that whole different level of anxiety, I definitely think that a lot of people experience that. I definitely did. It was like, you just don't really think about that part because you're so focused on just getting pregnant. Right. And then once you do, it's like a brief moment of relief and then a whole new world. How do I stay (laughs) pregnant? Yeah. Yes. Yes. A whole new world of questions that you didn't have any capacity in your brain for before. And now it's like, oh my goodness. So it is, yeah, it's definitely a whole different level and different type of stress going on. But, you know, even I remember when I would come in for my sessions, you would like check my pulse and you'd be like, wow, yeah, you still got a really strong, you know, everything still feels really good. Like it was just really um, reassuring in between those you know, OBGYN visits? Yeah, we, we try to sort of, you know, we're obviously not doctors, um, but we do right. try to really help be a liaison between the, you know, the patient mm-hmm. and the medical community, because, you know, sometimes a patient may ask a question to us and we say, well, in our experience, we've seen this, but that's really something you should call your doctor about, or, you know, something we may know that could be worrying that maybe their doctor didn't tell them to look out for, or they've never experienced before. So we really do try to, you know, make sure the patient is getting the best care and and able to advocate for themselves. So, you know, I've had quite a few patients lately who have some pretty severe anxiety um, during pregnancy and are wondering about progesterone levels. And Mm -hmm. we really just try to encourage them to, you know, talk to their doctor and come up with a testing plan and a medication plan that, you know, they understand and feel 100% comfortable with, you know. Um, Yes. And I think that's important. You know, doctors a lot of times have a lot of patience and sometimes they can be sort of quick about things and feel like they explained it. But I think it's important to speak up and, you know, say, hey, you know, I don't really feel comfortable with this. Can you explain why you're doing it? And often once they get that, they feel much better. So, you know, we try to do a lot of that as well. um, Yes. Because we do often see people frequently. Right. Yes. And that's just, that's so helpful because sometimes just that extra set of 
ears, you know, can be helpful or just that extra suggestion or push of like, well, why don't you ask them about that? Um, Because sometimes I think we think we are worrying about things like maybe it's a stupid question. Maybe I shouldn't ask or maybe I shouldn't bring it up. But when someone that you're trusting with your care says, no, that's a good question you need to ask, you know, that can just be an extra level of reassurance and validation, I think. I think every single one of my patients always says, you know, I don't want to be that patient. I don't want to be that calls. And I'm like, I promise you're not that patient. You know, it's, it's okay to call and ask a question, you know, you're um, not being crazy to, you know, understand your treatment protocol at all. So ask a question. It's okay. <laughs> you're not that patient. I promise. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So for those who might still be a little bit um, unsure or nervous about the actual um, visit when they come in for acupuncture. Can you walk through just a little bit of what actually happens when you come in? I know, you know, it's a little bit different depending on what part of your cycle you're in and stuff like that, but sure. um, generally, what does it look like when someone comes to see you? Yeah, so we have, um, you know, an office with a few small treatment rooms, and in each treatment room, it's um, basically like a massage table. And so you come in, um, and depending on the part of your cycle, we may treat your back, we may treat um, points below your elbows and knees, um, if you're like arms and uh, lower legs, Um, we might do a point on your head for stress. Um, And so if you need to change, we kind of let you do that, but everybody's covered the whole time, sort of like a massage, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. the table's heated, so you're super comfortable, and we keep the lights low and nice, relaxing music playing. So it's, it's really a nice experience, very different. We try to be intentionally different than the fertility clinic, just sort of um, just be the yin to that yang, if that makes sense, you know, just for some yes. balance there. Um, you know, the needles go in. It takes, you know, a few minutes to put them in. Um, they're about as thin as a hair. They're flexible. Um, they're sterile, one-time use only needles. So they get disposed of just like a hospital or a doctor's office was disposed of any Sharps product. Mm-hmm. Um And once those are in, they get to sit for about 20 to 25 minutes and you just get to sort of rest. Um, We check on you periodically to make sure you're comfortable and the temperature is okay. And and then we take them out. So you kind of get like about a 20 to 30 minute sort of rest. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like I said, very comfortable. Treatments are about an hour um, after that first visit, obviously, which we take a little more time to talk about history. But, you know, most of our patients have never had acupuncture before they come in. And so there's always questions and we spend a lot of time that first visit going over that and what that looks like and talking about the needles or not talking about the needles, whatever is more comfortable for each person. Um, right. You know, cause there's, there's a lot of, I guess, rumors out there or things people have heard. Um, and the media always has a really interesting way of you know, showing acupuncture. Um, so, you know, it can be a little bit scary going into it for the first time. So I think there's a friends episode where, I don't know. I'm not a friends person, but somebody got um, fertility acupuncture and they put needles all over their face. And so I get asked that occasionally, (laughs) do you put them in my face? And um, we don't sometimes for a headache, maybe one, you know, or jaw pain if you're having something like that, but it's nothing like that. (laughs) Nothing like that. It's nothing traumatic or scary at all. No, not at all. Yeah. Okay. I think that will really help a lot of people. I think, like you said, the media portrays, I mean, well, it portrays just about everything in a not true way. So you're like, I don't know what to expect from any of this. It's it's like, we always joke about, you know, any scene of a woman like giving birth. It's like nothing even remotely similar. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't just happen in the grocery store. I mean, for most people. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Exactly. So yes, same, same thing here. So we talked about how, you know, this can be helpful for anyone anywhere in their journey and then doing any different kind of, whether it's a natural cycle or it's an assisted cycle with IUI, IVF. Um, Are, is there anyone that fertility acupuncture might not be a good choice for? Yeah. So this is really an interesting question and and something I, I take pretty seriously. So um, we do get some patients who want to try naturally. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that are um, sort of opposed to Western treatments and things like that, which mm-hmm. I totally respect. Um, but in some cases, like if somebody has a tubal issue, for example, um, acupuncture isn't going to be able to correct that. Um, another case, I actually had a patient just yesterday that I was talking to um, who had severe uh, premature ovarian failure. Um to the point where she was a candidate for a donor egg or a, an embryo. And in that case, you know, acupuncture isn't going to be helpful. Um, if she chooses to do an IVF cycle, it would certainly be helpful to support that cycle for sure. Um, but it's not a situation where it's going to cure that or all of a sudden make you start ovulating again after you've sort of reached a certain point. So, you know, that is really important. And that's something we try to talk to our patients about, people that haven't had a workup from a fertility doctor. I think it can be really educational and enlightening and empower your choice as a patient. And so mm-hmm. we really encourage everybody um, that hasn't had that workup to go to a fertility doctor and at least get some of the basic things checked out so that that patient can make an, an educated decision. So, you know, for example, right. if you have ovarian failure, um, you need to know that. Or if you're, you know, have a very diminished ovarian reserve, your treatment plan should probably be more aggressive than somebody whose ovarian reserve is a little bit better, but maybe they aren't really ovulating every month and they have more time to try naturally. Um, right. And so that's kind of a conversation that we, we have with each patient, you know, to really kind of empower them. Um, I also think that, you know, something I've been talking to a lot of people about lately is looking at treatment planning in terms of your whole fertility journey. So it, it's probably hard to imagine for a lot of people now, but trying for number two, Um, when you don't have a number one, Um, but you may have started this journey thinking, well, I want two or three children. You have to think about your age and what that looks like and how long that might take and how aggressive you may or may not want to be. And so that's something obviously to talk to your doctor about as well. So, you know, for example, if we had a, say a 38 year old patient with pretty diminished ovarian reserve who wanted two children, you know, maybe she could get pregnant on her own, um, using just acupuncture, but if she wants two children, she may want to consider a little bit different path, right? So um, I think that we just try to really work with each patient and again, empower them um, to make decisions about their health with, you know, actual information. So I think there's a stigma about fertility doctors. Yes. You know, I don't want IVF. I'm not going there. And it's like, well, you know, they don't just inject you with hormones when you walk in. Um, (laughs) But again, the media portrays everything in a crazy way. I'm just kidding. Um, But I think, you know, getting that work up and knowing, okay, well, you know, my husband's sperm is good. My tubes are open and my ovarian reserve looks good. Let's maybe try for another six months and then see where we're at at that point, you know. Right. Um, But if your tubes are blocked, then, you know, okay, let's deal with that first and then go from there. So exactly. um, I just think that, you know, knowledge is really power in this situation. And I really believe that if everybody works together, outcomes are better. So, yes. Yeah. I could not agree more, especially as someone with endometriosis, it is so important to just know. And I know like I, for me, it was very scary to take that next step because for some people, I think it's like actually admitting 
like, oh, okay, like we really are struggling here. And that can be really hard for some people, but it's exactly what you're saying of you can't fix what you don't know. And so, you know, you could try and try and try and try and try, but if there's, if there is something very severe going on, you need to know, you need to be able to address that. Yeah, so absolutely. I think that's super helpful that you can help navigate and encourage people yeah, to do that. We, we really try to, you know, we try to connect the patients with the best doctor too. So, you know, just like there's yes. different providers for different people, uh, you know, I know that certain providers don't do certain things. And so we have that conversation also, but one right. analogy I like to use with that, that fear of sort of admitting that you're having challenges, which is totally real and very valid. Um, you know, if you, if you couldn't see or you were having heart palpitations or something, you wouldn't, you know, just go to the Walgreens walk-in clinic. You know, you would go to a cardiologist or an optometrist. Um, and this is the same thing. I think that, you know, OBGYNs do a great job, but they're really not the experts in fertility. And so I think that seeking a fertility specialist really gives you that comprehensive workup. Um, and so I, I hope that the stigma against fertility clinics passes as people get more and more educated just about how helpful it can be. So... I totally agree. Are there any resources that you can suggest or is there any um, anywhere that you typically like to point people in the beginning, like if they are feeling really overwhelmed or not sure what their next step should be as far as, you know, should they come in for acupuncture first? Should they go see the fertility doctor first? Like how can you kind of direct them? Yeah, you know, I think um... – Again, that's a pretty patient-specific question. So we just always mm -hmm. encourage people if they have questions about when to do acupuncture, if it's appropriate now or later, um, just to give us a call or send us an email, and we can kind of work through that depending on the situation. Um, mm -hmm. But there are a lot of resources out there. You know, I think um, Circle and Bloom is a resource we absolutely love. It's um, guided meditation for fertility, so it can kind of help with that mind-body connection. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I see a lot in fertility is sort of like, overactive thinking or worry about fertility. So, you know, you get on Google and you start down the rabbit hole and then you're on message boards and you see all kinds of crazy things. And then you're on Facebook and then, you know, you're reading and reading. And so you have this energy to, to really want to make it better. Then I think really getting into the guided meditations helps you kind of work on that mind body connection in a way that may be helpful for your cycle or at least your stress level. Um, and so right. they have, um, I mean, it's really a great offering like IUI, uh, meditations for every day of the cycle, IVF, donor egg. I mean, you name it, they've got a, mm -hmm. a program for it. So I think that's a really great resource that can really help channel that sort of, I don't want to say nervous energy because I feel like it's really valid and not coming from a place of necessarily anxiety, but a place of wanting to do something. Right. Um, so I think that's a great resource. Um, you know, I think um, like, this, you know, might sound a little strange, but counselors, um, you know, getting fertility counseling for you and your spouse can be mm -hmm. also a really helpful thing, especially in the beginning when you're really navigating the emotional part of it. Um, and yeah. how to talk about that with your husband, you know, husbands tend to want to fix it and they want to be strong. And so they sometimes come across as stoic and unemotional. And so I think that mm -hmm. some women love that and some women don't. So I think opening that communication and, and sometimes counseling can really help put that in a good framework just to keep that communication open so you can go to the next step. So, right. you know, for a lot of people, the fertility journey can really bring you closer together as a couple. It's often for many couples, you know, they get married, and they start trying for a baby. And this can be the first really hard thing in a marriage that you have to deal with. Um, and right. so I think that's something, you know, that's really important. Um, 
you know, there's also fertility support groups that can be a great resource as well. Um, right. I think something yes. to watch out for is again, some of that Google searching and, and message boards, you know, you can find anything you're looking for. So if you want to find, you know, um, left elbow pain right before a miscarriage at seven weeks, you're going to find that. Um, and, and so that can take you whichever direction your mood happens to be swaying and it may or may not be helpful. So I think, you know, putting some limits on that, sometimes it can be helpful. Um, you know, if you're using good resources and, and hearing other people's stories sometimes gives you hope or at least perspective. Um, but I think you have to be careful about that taking you to a bad place. Yes, right? for so. sure. For sure. And I think that there are specific um, online type support groups set up that have those controls in place of not going to let, you know, every tiny symptom be listed out, but enough to be supportive and and help you not feel alone. So just finding helpful, um, validated (laughs) uh, resources, I think is is good there. So how can people find you? Where can they find you online? If they live here locally, how can they get in touch with you to schedule an appointment? Yeah, so we are online um, at at uh, TennesseeReproductiveAcupuncture.com and you can find us just by Googling that or typing it in. It's kind of a long name, but all the things in our name are long. Um, We're also on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, Our phone number, we're available by phone, um, is 865-315-3845. I'm also available via email. So it's Sarah at TennesseeReproductiveAcupuncture.com. Sarah with an H. And I encourage people to email or call. Um, We're always in our inbox. I know for a lot of my patients, it can be hard to sort of call and have those conversations because often you're at work. Um, You don't necessarily want your coworkers. So we are available via email as well. So, um, so yeah, we're kind of everywhere. We're located over in Cedar Bluff, um, right off Ebenezer Road. So we're, you know, pretty centrally located um, just on the Mm -hmm. west-ish side of Knoxville. So, yeah. Great. That's great for, and I'll put all of that in the show notes as well. Um, for anyone who's not local, but they would like to find a reproductive acupuncturist, do you have any kind of tips for them on finding someone that's trained in this? Yeah. So, um, fertility is a pretty common specialty and you may find a fertility specialist, um, in like some of the larger metropolitan areas, um, smaller communities don't necessarily support just somebody who just does that. So you may have to see a regular acupuncturist. Um, but what you're looking for is somebody who's a licensed acupuncturist. Um, some states have slightly different regulations on what they call them. So like in New Mexico, um, okay. they're a doctor of oriental medicine. Here we're licensed acupuncturists, but that means that person went to a three or four year master's program and is um, nationally board certified and state licensed in acupuncture, um, continuing education requirements, okay. et cetera. So they're really going to be the expert. Um, there are some other professions that do acupuncture. Um, and they may be great, you know, I'm sure there's some out there, but they, they definitely don't have the, the full comprehensive training. Um, right. but yeah, yeah, I would just get, you know, look on Google. Um, you can look at NCCAOM, NCCAOM.org to find a, a board certified acupuncturist. Um, but yeah, looking around, you know, um, I help a lot of people find acupuncturists in other States that come into town for embryo adoption. Um, and usually just a quick Google search and paying attention to the initials after their name and their website kind of gets you at least in the right ballpark um, of somebody. Okay. But yeah. Great. Awesome. Yeah. I'll add that to the show notes as well. Cause I'm sure that people will want to learn more or be able to um, get in contact with you after yeah, listening to this. So 
Great. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for coming back on the podcast and for sharing all this information with us. It's been really helpful. Yeah, you are so welcome. I I love to be here and I, I hope that we were able to help some people out there. It's a tough journey and you shouldn't have to do it alone. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Everyone, thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and we'll talk next time. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward Podcast.